Welcome to an Everyday Follower of Jesus Christ. This is your friend Cheryl, and today we are exploring the topic of the ancient law of liberty. A number of our thoughts and references are coming out of the collected works of Hugh Nibley, a Bible scholar of great renown. Irenaeus, in the middle of the second century, set forth what he called the ancient law of liberty. He lived about 125 to 202 AD. Clearly, this law did not originate with him. Irenaeus was a bishop in what is known today as France. He was born in western Turkey. As a young man, he heard the preaching of Polycarp, who had heard the preaching of John, Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna, today known as Izmir, a city on the west coast of Turkey. The letters to the seven churches in Asia at the beginning of the book of Revelation include a letter to the church in Smyrna, identifying it as a church undergoing persecution. Polycarp died a martyr's death. Arrhenius often stated, The law is illustrated by scripture. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not? Bible New Testament, Matthew twenty-three thirty-seven. God wants humanity to do right, he continues, but will not coerce anyone to heaven. Furthermore, he stated, quote, God made man free from the beginning, for God never uses force. He placed in man the power of election even as in the angels. Glory and honor, he says, to all who do good, and it is due them because they could have done evil. Unquote. How often in your lifetime have you heard someone say, well, God made me this way, or God made me do it? Think about it. If God made some to do good and some to be bad simply by nature, there would be nothing praiseworthy in their virtue or blameworthy in their vice. There would have been no need for the atonement of Jesus Christ, for if that were the case, and that was someone's nature, they could not do otherwise. We can go back to the time of Arrhenius, taught by one who was taught by the Apostle John. He clearly understood the ancient law of liberty at that time. And we have the law of liberty in the scriptures, in our Declaration of Independence, and none of us should portend ignorance of this law. Given to each of us equally is the power of doing good or bad exactly as we choose. Hence we are rightly praised or blamed for our choices. This is why the prophets of the ages appeal to humanity to do good and reject evil. Arrhenius further explains, quote, God wants men to do good, unquote. But you and I know we came to this earth to be tried and tested to see if we would choose God's ways again. We came here with our agency, the right to choose, and choose we do. The teachings consistently allow anyone who does not want to do good to do evil. To obey or to disobey God is in everyone's power. Again, God is not forcing anyone to heaven. 
<coughs> excuse me, the ancient law of liberty is that God trusts all of God's children while on this earth to make their own choices, while all of us trust him alone to judge whether those choices have been good or bad. We all need the Savior, his mercy, and the blessing of repentance. Because this carnal nature in you and I, we do make bad choices at times. Liberty is such a hard thing to hang on to, but oh, so worth it. From our mortal, from our pre-mortal choices to life on this earth, it's our testing ground. And every one of us is given a fair chance to show our real desires. Do we really think that the Creator did not know those He created would choose evil? The Creator knew, yet that didn't stop his work because he was afraid evil is there for those who want it we learn there must needs be opposition in all things otherwise how could you choose even valiant peter succumbed to fear as recorded in the bible new testament book of luke 22 61 through 62 and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice, deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. No teaching is more frequently met with nor more emphatically brought forth in the earliest Christian literature than the famous doctrine of the two ways, which is simply every day there lies before all of us two roads from which a choice must be made. One road is dark and mists of darkness quickly cut us off from others and the allure of the material world. It is so enticing that we engage in acts that are repulsive on the other road of light. We must choose between the two every day of our lives. Choosing is the most important action we take every day. And our ability to choose essential to God's plan. Robert Frost, in his poem, The Road Not Taken, shares this doctrine with us. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one travel long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that passing there, had worn them really about the same, and both that morning equally lay in leaves, no step had trodden black, oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two, ro two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. When the time arrives, we clearly understand God will be our sole judge 
on the choices we've made in mortality. Until that time arrives, we must be free to choose our own way. Today, world leaders strive to do the same thing as ancient leaders, and some even encourage their people to choose the road filled with evil. Crazy that this is who any of us would choose to protect liberty. From the earliest days to our times, leaders and rulers claimed to be what the Roman emperor called himself, the virtuous rector of the world, the magnus parents mundi, basically claiming their purpose for being the rule was to force all men to be virtuous. Let's think about this for a moment. Mortal men forcing and setting themselves up as our judge and parent of the human race? Whose divine authority is it to solely judges? Because God omniscient can do what no mere mortal can. God can look upon our thoughts and intents of our hearts. Thank goodness we know who our sole judge is and that we do not need to follow crazy mortals who claim over authority over the moral fiber of anyone within ear sound. Kings and despots always trying to convince people that, quote, we are God's representatives here on earth. Well, the prophets of the ages have lost their lives for standing up and calling forth repentance to kings and despots. If you recall, what our despot leaders intimate was Satan's plan in the pre-mortal realms. He would make everyone virtuous, so there would be no choice, and sin would be abolished by edict. Because you are here right now, you rejected Satan's plan, recognizing that the way for eternal progression is through the eternal laws of liberty, the freedom, and the responsibility to choose. There has been volumes written on compulsory virtue, forcing people or killing people is in our history books. July 4, 1776, the ancient law of liberty was once again established upon the earth. Everywhere in America, says John Adams, the people received the Declaration of Independence as though it was a degree promulgated from heaven. Thomas Paine wrote, quote, Freedom hath been hunted round the globe. Asia and Africa have long expelled her. Europe regards her as a stranger, and England has given warning for her to depart. Unquote. It was a radical departure from the thinking and actions of kings and leaders of the time. This cause of freedom, the ancient law of liberty, was purchased by the spilling of blood of revolutionaries, men and women who undertook the cause of liberty, seeing that this ancient law was worth having as our guiding light once again. Honorable men and women, visionaries, followers of God, and humble enough to know that the work they were undertaking was based on eternal principles. One, in God we trust. Two, agency is a God-given inalienable right. Three, God is our judge. Both the divinely inspired Constitution of the United States and Declaration of Independence have principles which specifically return back to God those rights of judgment and execution which men had usurped, quote-unquote, hands-off government 
is clearly communicated in both documents, and the protection of liberty is our responsibility. It cannot be left to those elected to positions of power, for power corrupts absolutely, and we are living today with the consequences of our absence from the watchtowers of liberty. The Patriot Act would be better phrased, the Invasion of Our People Act, the continual quote-unquote, we know what's best for you and how to keep you safe, as one hands-off right after another is trampled, needs you and I to stand up and do our part to bring liberty held by the people for the people back to its rightful place. There are certain inalienable rights which no man or group has right to interfere. Where the great decisions of life are concerned, God alone is the judge. The key to this whole thing is our motto, in God we trust. Our founding fathers and mothers trusted enough to follow divine guidance and give back to God alone to judge the hearts and minds of people. Our two valuable founding documents emphasize that we must be free individually and collectively to make our own choices, no matter how bad. This is the ancient law of liberty, brought back from the ages to this land as a beacon and light for all humanity. Today is a good day to read and study the ancient law of liberty, and then to pursue our own answer from God on its divine nature. Let us follow the admonition found in Bible New Testament, James chapter 1, starting with verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But ask in faith, nothing wavering. For those that waver are like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man or woman think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Won't you join me? Until next time, God be with you.